Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode 35 today. I'm grateful to you for tuning in. Uh, today's an odd day. Your routine is likely uh, pretty messed up. Your kids are probably staying home from school on a day they otherwise would have been uh, away. Maybe your work's been interrupted. Uh, I can tell you things are pretty chaotic here in the newsroom. What happens on a day like this is we start asking ourselves uh, early in the morning, how will this weather impact our listeners? And we start by checking out the schools. You know, on our website, ksl.com, you can find a complete listing of all the schools that closed down today. Not just the public schools, uh, but the, the, the private schools, also those charter schools. Uh, the long, exhaustive list, including the universities. We, I can tell you, when I walked in this morning, and I get here uh, later than the, the, the hard workers do, and it was just a buzz with activity. We have this, uh, I don't know what you call it exactly, but there's a bank of, of computers and microphones and uh, and telephones used to, to collect and uh, distribute information. Every single one of those stations was full this morning, and everyone was working together uh, as different schools would make their announcements known, either via email or Twitter. One reporter would shout to a, a producer, and we would extend our comprehensive list, making sure uh, that you have all the information uh, that you need. We, throughout the morning, uh, we've taken a step away from some of the events in in Washington and in Iowa to dedicate uh, some of the time on these airwaves to keep you up to date and informed on not only what's happening out on the roads. We spoke to UDOT. We spoke to uh, the Utah Highway Patrol. We've spoken to uh, meteorologists. It is because that is our responsibility. Uh, That's what we do here. Uh, I, this talk show, this live mic, it's really uh, an opportunity for me just to uh, like pick and choose the big things happening in the news and uh, try to learn a little bit about it and spit it back at you and add a few of my little sarcastic comments and uh, some of my opinions. Uh, but today, on days like this, uh, it can't be all about that. Uh, we need to do our duty uh, to you. Well, uh, I also feel that it is uh, our duty, my duty here on this program to keep you informed on uh, as to some of the political goings on, especially during uh, election time, because uh, at this time of year, you are called upon to exercise one of your most important constitutional rights. Now, I'm not one of those who uh, will come down on you if you don't vote. You know, there are some who have the attitude, uh, you know, if you don't vote, if you don't make your way down to the ballot box, uh, you have no right to complain about the outcome. I don't feel that way. I think that uh, I think that if if you don't vote, you have every single right to to, to complain and gripe uh, about the, the circumstances in which you find yourself living. Uh, I think that our right to vote is is much larger than uh, just, you know, casting the ballot. It extends to whether or not we want to engage the system. Anyway, uh, that's a tangent. Uh, what I want to talk to you in this segment is uh, what's going on in Iowa. I, throughout the morning, have been uh, sarcastically saying that uh, it is that day. It is that day, that one day in 1,460. Every 1,400 days, you and I, that's, that's four years. That's how many days are in four years. I, I did the math. Well, 
I'm sorry, I asked Siri to do the math, and she told me that four years equals 1,460 days. Uh, and every four years, you and I have to pretend to care about Iowa. I know. I, listen, there are probably some Iowans. Is that what you call yourselves? Iowans? Iowanians? Uh, whatever. Uh, there may be some of you out there listening, and I am sorry. I, don't, I mean no offense. Uh, but where are you? You're, you're kind of like in the north-ish and in the middle-ish. I don't know. Uh, well, every four years, uh, folks in Iowa get together and they do this thing called the caucuses. And they, uh, at the end of the day, they say who uh, they would like to see as their uh, presidential nominee for the respective parties. Today, the Democrats in Iowa uh, will be caucusing. Now, uh, it's a bit confusing. What exactly is a, a caucus? I don't have a complete understanding. I know that, that folks get together. Uh, there is some uh, debate back and forth uh, that ballots of a sort are cast and tabulated. And at the end of the day, uh, there are results given. And historically, we have really gotten one set of results. These uh, delegate equivalent, they have a formula out there in Iowa that uh, somehow measures the support uh, that is extracted from these caucuses. And at the end of the day, it uh, delivers the information in terms of uh, delegate equivalents, how uh, that would fare you know, in an actual presidential uh, election. A little bit different this year. There's going to be uh, three types of results uh, handed out this year. Uh, first, it's going to be the pre-realignment vote total. You get that? The pre-realignment vote total. That's the initial tally of how many people prefer each candidate uh, at each of these uh, uh, more than 1,600 caucus sites. So the caucus, they all get together, uh, sometimes in homes, in libraries, and schools and such. Uh, anyway, the pre-alignment vote total, that will be distributed tonight. And that is the initial tally. And then the second bit of information that will be released tonight is the final vote total. That's after, after the first tally, any supporters of a candidate who got less than a certain threshold of the vote uh, most of the precincts out there in Iowa, that's 15%. Uh, if you are below that threshold, you can shift your support to another candidate. And candidates who are below that uh, viability uh, threshold, they're eliminated. And a new and final tally is taken. So that is uh, who gets the most votes after a reshuffling. And then the third, and this is the piece of information that has been disclosed by uh, the Iowa election folks in the past, or at least the, the, the Democrats, uh, the State delegate equivalents. That's the final vote total at each caucus site used to assign each viable candidate. Those are all the candidates that uh, exceed that threshold. And as I told you a moment ago, uh, for the most part uh, in Iowa, that's 15%. So they use the final vote total uh, to assign each viable candidate a certain number of county delegates. And those county delegates are then weighted to estimate the state delegate equivalents uh, or how many delegates each candidate will get at the Iowa State Convention. Are you confused yet? Are you? I, <laughs> I am, and I'm supposed to be the one who understands this stuff. Anyway, the reason why Iowa gets our attention each year, uh, every four years rather, every 1,460 days, where we're reminded where Iowa is, that it exists, period, uh, and some little factoid about some interesting, unique diner in the middle of who knows where in Iowa uh, is because they're the first on the calendar. I got the calendar here in front of me, and this is when each state uh, does its work to to pick its uh, nominee. In Iowa, 
in Iowa, it's today. Today's the first one. It's been that way for a long time. I think it dates back to uh, Jimmy Carter's days. In fact, I think it was Jimmy Carter who first recognized the value of Iowa and how being out in front first is so incredibly valuable. Now, you might wonder, why is it valuable? I asked uh, earlier today uh, Jeff Merchant. He's the chairman of the Utah Democratic Party. He said uh, very wisely, and I agree with this point, uh, that, well, yeah, it's all fine, well, and good uh, that Iowa is happening today and that all of the reporters from around the world have descended uh, on Iowa, and you and I right now are talking about Iowa. But, you know, there is such a, a varied landscape here in our country, and there are so many different needs and motivations for voters are so different and varied across the country that it really doesn't matter uh, today that Iowa is going first. Uh, I'm going to have to differ. I'm going to beg to differ, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, because there are certain realities, uh, not necessarily political realities, but here are some of those realities. Right now is our first objective glimpse into the support enjoyed by any of these candidates. There have been a number of polls, uh, and we've seen those. Uh, every single newspaper has its own poll. In fact, the, the Des Moines Register, that's the big paper out there in Iowa that tracks this stuff. And I'll tell you what, I wonder, I'd like to check out web traffic to that website today. Uh, I <laughs> I visit the Des Moines Register's website once every four years. <laughs> I made my I made my fourth, uh, my, my stop this, this morning to check things out. Anyway, the point I'm making is that these polls have been, in in terms of these uh, Democrats running for president, very, very fluid. Folks have been moving up and down the rankings. And tonight, when Iowa releases its results, that will be our first objective look at how these candidates are doing uh, with respect to one another. Uh, In the next segment, we're going to be speaking to Scott Howell. We're going to talk more about these Iowa caucuses. I want to talk a little bit about the psychology uh, of Iowa going first and the psychology of the results as they're reported uh, to us this evening. Now, this year, not just uh, that one data set, but now we're going to get the essentially the popular uh, vote, giving these candidates uh, much more opportunities to claim victory. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Episode 35 today as we follow the weather outside, the caucuses in Iowa. And the impeachment trial in Washington, D.C. There's a lot uh, to be paying attention to today. Right now, we're going to dedicate another segment to what's going on in Iowa. There are some who would say, you know, Iowa's not so special. It just happens to be first on the calendar. There are plenty of other uh, states coming up. Super Tuesday on March 3rd. That's when things will really get shaken up. Uh, And then there are some who, uh, particularly Iowans, who would tell you that, no, this is it. This is when the tone is set. If you are going to win this one, you need to demonstrate popularity and success here in Iowa. Well, uh, depending on where you fall, uh, that's up to you. But uh, what is certain is we are today, uh, this evening, in fact, going to get our first objective look at how folks, uh, how the Democrats in particular, running for president, uh, measure up against one another. There have been a number of polls. But those results have been so fluid, folks bouncing all around uh, from first place to fourth place to third and uh, back, depending on uh, who and when you ask, you're going to get a whole different uh, set of responses. Uh, And I need, at times, a little bit of help sorting this all out. Scott Howell uh, is joining us on the line now. Sir, how are you? 
Always good to be on the 35th edition Thank of you Open so Mic. I'm keeping track. <laughs> Live mic. How close are you keeping track? <laughs> I am, I'm keeping really close. So thank you for the invitation to come on, Lee. It's, uh, what a spectacular uh, night it's going to be. And Iowa is about to reshape the presidential race for sure. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting, your first comment, the stakes are high in Iowa. In fact, the last four Democratic nominees have all won the Hawkeye State, so that's uh, that's kind of a big deal. And and this year, I, I, Lee, you won't believe this, but they have put in over fifty million dollars uh, in in just this last year in the uh, in Iowa. I, I'm starting to think that uh, the early caucuses is part of their economic development strategy <laughs> back there. So. It, uh, it's really interesting. And the, the other thing that you said, uh, the premise is on Vermont uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. He led in the polls coming in, but he's, and he's also drawn the lar- largest, biggest crowds on the ground. And he does incredibly well with young voters, which I, I still question. And, of course, I'm going to do full disclosure right here, right now. All I'm right, a right. Biden fan. I've been a Biden supporter. But uh, – the former vice president, uh, he hopes that he'll do well enough, and his base uh, here is older voters, and he just hopes that they all show up. So there's a lot of things that are going on. And, you know, you, you did say about how things have been going. I mean, the polls have gone up and down. Um, uh, the former mayor of South Bend, uh, Pete Buttigieg, he drew the largest crowd in the last couple of days, and he's really uh, – he, he – He's been challenged on his experience, and he's been challenged on how he does with diversity, and that that could be something that hurts him. And I've got the secret reason why that poll did not come out from the the, the Iowa paper. In that, they simply forgot to keep, put him on uh, on the uh, question. This is absolutely he fascinating. Was, let's back uh, up a let's back up a second and, and tell this story. Uh, the Des Moines Register, that's the big paper that covers this in Iowa every four years. They teamed up this year with CNN and another outlet, and it is anticipated that this poll, uh, every presidential cycle, will be a big part of what drives people's uh, decisions. And as we have been sitting around waiting for these results, uh, no results have been uh, delivered, uh, and you've got the answer why. They forgot to include him in the poll. I mean, that was about all it was. It was crazy. This is absolutely insane. There are big money operations that are contracted to execute these polls. They have uh, decades and decades of experience, hundreds of years of collective experience amongst them. And the the mistake, the fundamental mistake was so simple that they merely simply forgot to put a candidate's name on the poll. Is that unbelievable? And can you can you imagine the embarrassment back to that polling group? And I think it was somebody out in D.C. or Maryland or something like that. When I uh, how could it be D.C.? That's where all the smart people work. <laughs> no, you left D.C., so we have one smart <laughs> person out here. So they're all not back there. So that's good. That all right. Here. But you know, it, it's just fascinating to me. And uh, I have a lot of people uh, have asked me at church and other places, and they said. Scott, tell me about this caucus. When is it, and uh, how long do they last, and what do they really mean? And, and a lot of people have been asking about this 15% threshold, and it's, it's kind of new, but the caucuses are tonight, 7, uh, uh, 7 p.m. Central, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. So 
we'll be hearing, and they only last for about an hour. It's kind of interesting. And they had some big rule changes from four years ago that, that make it so when you go into a caucus, you can actually, if, you're, if your person doesn't get 15%, there's this what's called a 15% uh, rule. Right. And it, it allows them to, um, if they're short, their supporters then can have the choice of going to another candidate. Uh, which is why the caucus goers' second choices are so important. And this is new. This is going to be very new. And N- not just new in choice, practice, but also new in that all of these results will be reported. There will be essentially three data sets released tonight. And depending on how you fare as a candidate in each one of these three categories, you'll be able to tell whichever story you you know feel uh, is valuable to your efforts. Whatever the narrative is at that point, Lee, you're spot on. You'll be able to to tell that whole story about that. And, you know, it's really interesting when you think about why this gets all of the, the press and all that. It, it, it's been in, in their state, uh, it, it's been the uh, policy. Uh, other states can't bucket, they can't go in there, and it's been that way in, in the country forever. And it, it really is on a long, long uh, tradition. So I, I remember – Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Reading, reading history books, I can remember uh, Jimmy Carter recognized the, the potential value of Iowa, put all kinds of time and money, campaigned there for about a year uh, leading up to the caucuses there, uh, won the day in Iowa, won themselves the presidency. And, you know, Lee, people ask me this question, well, gosh, they must have a lot, lot of uh, delegates. No. Yeah, right. They have 41 pledged delegates. Uh-huh. And it's a long time and a long road before the selection is finally there. Um, there's about 1,600 caucus precincts that will choose 11,402 delegates to go to the county convention in March the 21st. Then they narrow it down and narrow it down, and then they get to the 41 delegates of the national convention. So uh, by contrast, in Utah, we have about 33. So it, it's, a, it's an interesting scenario, and it's not because they have any delegates? No, yeah, they are. On. They're just the first windsock, and we'll see which way it blows. Yeah, the windsock. I like that. Yeah. I really do like that. Scott Howell, well, I am uh, grateful to you for for your time. I'm, I'm grateful always to you for the insight you bring and for your enthusiasm, and more than anything, your your knowledge and your know how. Uh, thank you well, so much. We'll be touching base. I, I'm sure uh, countless times as this race proceeds. Hey, thanks a million, Lee, and I'll tell you what to watch for tonight. A key thing is how moderate or liberal the attendees are. Very That's going to be it right there. Scott You're Howell. moderate or liberal. Outstanding. Thank you so much. Uh, listen, thanks, we've got just one segment left here, and we're going to talk about avalanches. Uh, earlier this morning, we got a report that there is an avalanche warning uh, that is in place and remains in place, uh, but it's not out there in the backcountry. It's not there in the ski resorts. It's not an hour's drive away. It's here in the valleys. Uh, we'll get an explanation of that next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.